This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Tom Pelissero. The greatest comeback. When they scored to make it 36 to 14, I turned to Scott Landy, who was my spotter, and said, they're going to win this game. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Don't ask me for betting advice, Brock, because I already can see the look on your face. That would have been super nice to get that text. Earlier on the show, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, Illinois head coach Brett Bielma. Coming up, Colts interim head coach Jeff Saturday. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Tom Pelissero. It is Tom Pelissero in for Rich Eisen. We just talked to J.J. McCarthy. Very interesting interview. Let's let's bring in right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, a guy whose team took J.J. McCarthy in Michigan to the brink. He's now preparing for Mississippi State in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Brett Bielema is with us. Brett, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. I want to talk to you about a lot of different stuff, but... Let's let's start with that. If you were um, if you were advising TCU about how to uh, how to get after JJ McCarthy and those Wolverines, what would you say? You know what? They're a very balanced offense. Uh, uh, McCarthy's a great. Uh, I think the the great thing about um, Michigan is they make you defend the run and open up the play action pass game. Uh, very reliable uh, front seven. I think they were voted the Joe Moore Award winners. A very capable group up front. Um, I think the biggest thing that they present is they they. Uh, really can play uh, ambidextrous, right? They can play with the run game, the passing game, and do a little bit of everything in between. You look at the Big Ten right now with a couple of teams in the playoff. It seems like this is a this is perhaps a more competitive time in the Big Ten, and obviously at uh, Illinois, you guys had some success this season as well. Yeah, you know, we uh, went on a six-game run. Um, uh, we're feeling a, a, a position to try and win the Big Ten West, getting the uh, a couple of tough games. Uh, we dropped one to Michigan State and Purdue. Um, uh, went eight and four. Uh, those four games were all one loss, one score games, and unfortunately, it wasn't enough to come through. The other teams that were able to out execute us, but uh, to be a, a year removed from being um, one game short of a bowl eligible to this year banking a bowl eligible after seven games, we like the progress we made, and hopefully, can take it on a big step forward next year. I was talking to a head coach uh, in a different conference recently. It was on. It was on signing day. And he was just talking about the state of college football, how much the environment has changed, and you know, quite frankly, what a clown show in certain areas it is in terms of recruiting, in terms of retaining your own players, the NIL money that's out there. You know, going back to your first year at Wisconsin, I mean, obviously that's a that's a long period of time. But how how different is this, and and how hard is it just for you to to do your job and have some type of a, a lifestyle as a human being right now? You know, it's a it's a perspective, Tom. That's unprecedented in college football. I think, uh, you know, I was at uh, Wisconsin for nine years total, seven years as a head coach. Uh, we were able to win three Big Ten championships on the way way out the door. I went to Arkansas for five in the SEC. Um, went to three straight bowl games and, and had some success. And obviously, ducked out to the NFL for three years. And I think in those three years, the game just literally changed. Um, when I got the job two years ago, I told our AD Josh Whitman, "This is probably one of the most." Uh, capable times in, in, in NCAA history to try to flip a roster because you have the portal, you have now a moving 85 scholarship count. Uh, the NIL world has obviously changed the game in many different capacities. Um, it's just, uh, uh, you know, I always make reference, you know, when we were little, uh, you know, in that seventh grade science project, you're supposed to have one variable, right? You're going to add fire, you're going to add cold, you're going to mm-hmm. oxygen, whatever it was, you're supposed to do one thing. We got about four different things in the hopper here in college football. So no one really knows what to fix. 
uh, knows how to fix it, but uh, maybe a step in the right direction uh, is coming to us shortly. Well, just the fact that you can have you know a really good recruiting class, and then if those young players get on the field, suddenly they may have oh, a variety of opportunities that are that are surfacing. You're you're almost re-recruiting for what five months after the season, both after the regular season in January, but then also in after spring ball in May. You know, Tom, it's a great point. We we actually say in our program, you, you develop a relationship at every conversation you have, right? Like uh, whether it's hello in the hallway, goodbye out the door, a coaching moment on the field, a a, a moment of instruction away from it in the in the team meeting room, whatever it is, you're building relationships every day. And in a sense, yeah, you're recruiting 365. But uh, you know, unfortunately for us, we just haven't had a lot of portals. We haven't uh, lost a lot of guys um, that that we didn't you know foresee coming. Um, now on the flip side, but there's a lot of guys that. I've lost a lot of players. Can't speak to that behalf, but uh, we are excited about where we're going, what we're doing. Um, I do think the NIL is a good thing. I, I really do. And, and there's probably some some guardrails that need to be in place. But you know, for players to be able to be afforded um, uh, for their name, image, and likeness at a level, it's just everybody had to see this coming. I mean, it was within reason, right? So the things that are absurd now are, are some of the things that are being offered, taken that you know cause kids to leave within, uh, you know, uh, you know, even, even rivalries, but within divisions, within college uh, conferences, it's just, it's, I think the one thing that really has to be brought to light and we're not going to know the effect until probably three or four years from now, I just don't see how all these kids changing schools, uh, is going to help a degree uh, or a, a progression towards a degree that the NCAA had done such a good job of doing. I think the overall graduation rates are what's going to really suffer here in about two to three years. Cause they really don't take effect until three years after a kid leaves uh, they, that they compute the final graduation rate. So it's, I think it's going to be too late in coming, but that's what I see the old, the ultimate negative to this whole thing is graduation rates. I've heard all sorts of numbers, both in the, the incoming recruits as well as the, the potential transfers, everything from guys getting offered a half million dollars to transfer to you know, $5 million in some cases to try to get a player. What, what's the, when you're out on the recruiting trail, what's the craziest thing you've heard somebody getting offered? <laughs> Uh, probably a horse. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the furthest one out there, um, that I've heard. Um, I, I would say that, you know, the, everybody has their individual needs and needs and, uh, everything that goes into it. Uh, fortunately for us, uh, you know, the, the, the rules really do cater to, you know, once a player is on campus and, and a part of your squad, then, then it, it is, you know, there are some guys in our program now that, you know, are looking at opportunities whether they want to stay here or go to the NFL. And obviously if an NIL can sustain something that uh, will allow them to stay in school for another year and get drafted higher and, and incorporate more money for them by just staying in school, that's what I think is the great part of NIL. But, yeah, I think there's a little bit of it's the wild, wild west out there. And uh, for, for every school, everybody's got a different uh, different angle. And, uh, you know, then the other factor is you hear things, and you don't know if kids are making them up either. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of people out there investigating it. And as we all know, sometimes young men can fabricate some things to try and get more. So there's probably a little bit of truth. and There's probably a little bit of reality, but there's also probably some falsehood as well. It's definitely the wild, wild west if you're getting offered a horse. I'm going to need a little a little more context on this, Brett. A racehorse? Just a horse to ride? What was the horse? You know, it was one that I wasn't involved in. So I'll, I'll just stay out of it. But I said you asked what was the wildest one. That was probably it. Um, I think it's really, um, you know, for the for the part of us as a head coach, um, just, you know, give us the playbook. Give us the rules. Let us play. Um, you're always going to have that banter back and forth. But, 
I think the part that, you know, even this year in the NIL world, literally the rules changed uh, right in the middle of the season. Um, and when that goes on, then you kind of are in this, this you know, precarious moment of, okay, do we live in the moment we're in uh, and plan for the future? And then they flip the rules on you a little bit. So it's just, it's kind of a little give and take. I'm hoping that in the next year uh, people can kind of calm the waters and sustain it and, and make it a little bit more real. Uh, fortunately for us at Illinois, there is good NIL money out there. There's been some things happening for our guys. Um, people are reaching out for the right things. Uh, we have two defensive tackles who I think uh, could be two of the best in college football, um, and especially if they return for next year. And they they simply uh, uh, Newton and Randolph. They uh, I called them the law firm one day at a press conference, and lo and behold, I got an NIL deal out of it. Um, catapulted them into in a partnership, and then true beneficiary of that is a boys and girls club got five hundred dollars for every sack, mm. and they had a quite a few sacks this year's and pressures. So it was a, a great way to use the NIL to better our community. Illinois coach Brett Bielema is our guest. Brett, I know you, you signed a contract extension a few days ago. Congratulations on that. Uh, you've also, you've been in the NFL. You came back to Illinois in 2021. Amidst, amidst this wild and crazy environment here, why, why, why stay in college football? Why, why is that your path? You know, I just kind of like on Wednesday, we signed a, a group of, uh, 21-year-old young men, or, or 21 um, men that were aged anywhere from 17 to probably 21. Um, uh, I love to, you know, be in their home. I love to see the beginning phases of their development and see and watch them grow. That's how we set up our program. Um, uh, we do add some guys through the portal, kind of like a free agency market, but we really concentrate on the high school development and the building and the growth. And uh, I love my time in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I was two years with the Pats, uh, won a Super Bowl, uh, with the Giants for about a half a year before I got hired out of it, out of the uh, 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 Giants organization to Illinois. But, you know, at that level, they're kind of already developed. Um, it's a professional organization. It really truly is a business-driven uh, model. Uh, the college football, even with this NIL, to see the development, see the maturity. Um, you know, we did a press conference the other day with two of my guys that are leaving early uh, with Sidney Brown and, and Devin Witherspoon. And to hear the emotion in their heart, uh, to see it come out of them and, talk about how as a group of coaches over the last two years we've changed the direction of their lives um that makes a lot to me um that's why i signed a long-term deal i got two beautiful young daughters uh here in champaign it's just an awesome environment the big 10 uh in particular the big 10 west i really just enjoy and feel home here so um i think there's still a lot of good in college football and hopefully that's going to be able to weather the storm of some of the bumps in the road we got because it really is uh, a great environment it's a great game uh it's something that people fly to and Hopefully, can continue to do that for years to come. Take me back to to 2012. How how close were you to being the Miami Dolphins head coach? <laughs> uh, man, that seems like a long time ago. Um, yeah, it was just uh, kind of something that materialized uh, in front of me. They called in uh, uh, early December, and I was actually um, uh, in preparation for the Rose Bowl. Um, had Russell Wilson as my quarterback, and and. Uh, uh, Jeff Ireland was the uh, uh, GM back in the day, and uh, Stephen Ross flew down and met with them, and kind of had a, a coming to Jesus moment where we all agreed to go ahead. And then it kind of just um, uh, one of the things I heard from a couple coaches I was involved with in the NFL was, you know, it, it was obviously where you're at, but it was a lot about who you're around. And I just didn't know if that was the right environment. Uh, I think the NFL is an unbelievable organization. Um, uh, it, it's really, truly my three years there, and. The, win the Super Bowl it's, it's an incredible environment it's all football you know and then after football's done then you drop it and you kind of go to the draft so 
In the NFL, though, you get to pick the ones you want. In college, they got to pick you. So there's a little reverse strategy there. But um, I just, just didn't feel it was the right time and place, and I'm glad I didn't because there was no way I was prepared at that time uh, uh, to, to do what we need to do. So I think the good Lord was looking out for me at that time. Went back to uh, Wisconsin and won another Big Ten championship, and uh, obviously all the things that have happened since then. I'm sure you've kept tabs on, on Russell Wilson through his career. Obviously, all the highs in Seattle and winning a Super Bowl. You see him now, and I don't know how much you've gotten a chance to watch. I know you're busy at this time of year, but obviously it's not been the same Russell Wilson in Denver. What, what if anything, jumps out at you? And, and for lack of a better term, how would you how would you fix Russ at this stage in his career? You know, I, I really don't um, I, I don't get to see much. I have, I've seen bits and pieces. Um, I know Russ is an incredible person. Um uh, he's an incredible uh, leader. He's got great skills, and I think not just Russ, but it's it's been amazing in my career to have the players play at the highest levels uh, humanly possible. And uh, on the same account, everybody gets those rough stretches, those those tough moments. And uh, my guess is, uh, whenever uh, he returns, it's going to be back to full strength, and, and uh, you know gets himself in a position to be successful. You know, he's a guy that's been in this league for a long time, done a lot of really good things, and. I know it's still within him and uh, a guy that I'm excited to hopefully uh, see him come back and do what he does because when he's at his best, there's very few people that can compete with him. You mentioned you won that Super Bowl with the Patriots uh, under Bill Belichick. Just tell me about that that relationship and what spending two years in that building teaches you that you can apply as, as a coach moving forward. You know what, Tom? It's, it's truly football utopia. Uh, it's just... Um, you walked in the building, and I know they're going through some struggles now, but when I was there, walked in, and, uh, you know, I'd been around Coach a long time. He had drafted several of my players. I think I walked in the building, and uh, I would believe there were six to eight former players of mine, both from Arkansas and Wisconsin, uh, good players, uh, good players that are uh, were in the organization. And just to, to see the daily challenge that was in there, um, there was a feeling, I think, in that coaching room that, like, um, you, you were such pressure – to be at your best because you didn't want to be the weak link. You didn't want to be the reason that something fell down, right? And uh, it's it's truly awesome to be with Coach Belichick and in a culture he breeds. Like it was just something for me when I was there. I literally walked out of there every night, like writing something in my journal about what I learned that day. He he slows the game down. He really made the game, um, you know, play at a at a pace that everybody could could maximize. I enjoyed my sidebar conversations with him just. Uh, an incredibly intelligent man, an incredibly giving man that uh, believes in people. And uh, the culture there that year to when we won our Super Bowl it was my first year in the NFL. And holy cow, we're, we're, you know, we just kept winning and winning and winning. And it wasn't a wasn't an easy journey. We lost a, uh, a miracle in Miami. They called it the last play of the game yeah. down in Miami. And to come back, and that was the last game we lost that year. And it kind of regrouped us and revitalized uh, the room. And Tom obviously was at his best in Kansas City. And we had a really good defense. And things just kind of unfolded. I was able to be with Brian Flores his first year as a defense coordinator and saw the way he's just got an incredible mind. He's got an incredible way of dealing with players. I know, uh, however, it ended in Miami, but I knew that's a really good ball coach. He's got great leadership traits. So uh, there's a lot to take out of it. It was an experience for me for two years. It was unprecedented and it has a huge effect on my life right now. Well, Brett, really appreciate you coming on. You know, I think the first time you and I spoke was probably about 15 years ago when I was working at the Green Bay Press Gazette, and you guys, the Badgers coaches, were doing one of those bus tours around Wisconsin. Uh, you yeah. know, where you're popping in and seeing different fans. Bo Ryan scared the hell out of me. You did not, and I will never forget that as a young reporter. So we appreciate it, man. Great catching up with you. 
Tom, that's awesome. Have a great holiday. You too, Brett. That is Brett Bielema, head coach at Illinois. They're taking on Mississippi State coming up in the ReliaQuest Bowl. When you open up a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, you're opening up more than just doors. You're unlocking potential. The potential to do your own thing, be your own boss, steer your own success, and blaze your own trail. Each and every Sprinter van is built, designed, and equipped to let you hit the open road and take on any goal you set. To help you follow your own passions, reawaken that spirit of adventure, and check all those big, bold, fun, and exciting experiences off your bucket list, owning a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van lets you live, work, and play out your dreams, no matter how far off the beaten path they'll take you. And with 16 body types, your choice of a gas or diesel engine, thousands of ways to customize, and now available in all-wheel drive, a Sprinter van is capable and versatile enough to help drive your ambitions wherever you want to take them. So now's the time to discover what it is that moves you most. Don't wait. Unlock your potential inside a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. From one coach to another, Jeff Saturday, the Colts interim head coach, coming off of... A bit of a rough one last Saturday in Minnesota. He joined Rich Eisen earlier via Zoom. We will talk to Jeff Saturday coming up right after this on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. I still can't get over Brett Bielema saying that somebody offered a player a horse in recruiting. <laughs> that, of all the revelations I mean, over the past couple of days, I think that one is at the top of the list. I have so many did, questions. Did the player take the horse, though? That's yeah, the did he take him to the stable and show him the horse? Details oh, were scarce. Like, is right. it a piece of a racehorse? Yeah. Is right. it just, oh, you like horses? We'll give you one? Right. Is it a horse endorsement? Was it American Tarola? <laughs> An endorsement? Is it a working horse? Are we talking about a ranch or a farm situation? Because that it- would make the difference. If I'm the recruit, mm-hmm. 
I want to know what this horse is going to do. What's the bloodline? Are we is talking it, I mean, about? Think like, about it. If it's it, a racehorse, is it a triple crown winner? Yeah. Wins one race, you was put it, him out the stud. Was his mother You're a mother for life? Was his yeah. father a mother? <laughs> like you know, his mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. You know, things you got to know. Born in the slop. Born in the slop. If the player rode the horse. That, that doesn't seem as good. I, I think it has to be a prize-winning horse, right? Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. We'll further, you, Mike. <laughs> we'll further you, unpack you, that. What color's the horse? Good yeah. mane? Yeah, rough mane? Speak like Mr. Ed? Is it an outdoor horse? What's the sex of the horse? Is it a male horse, a female horse? Do they have photos? Choose your horse. It's like Tinder, but for horses. Right. Which one you want? Swipe left, swipe left, swipe left. That's my horse right there. Oh, Clydesdale. That's the one I wanted. It's a Clydesdale, yeah. I went to Iceland a few years ago. The horses there are just built different. They're built to withstand the cold. They're built different. So their fur and their hair is like real rough and coarse. Is it one of those horses? Tried to bite me. All good question. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to bite Tried me. Tried to bite Brockman. I'll post the video. Uh, oh, you have video of it? Yeah. Horse I'm just, to bite I'm just saying, what type of horse is it? I have a lot of questions. Red Pelema, I need answers. Maybe yeah. somebody could tweet us. Somewhere out yeah. there, if somebody could tweet at a variety of recruits, maybe one of them answers. Maybe there's a school that's offering everybody a horse. Oh, You yeah. thought you were special. Yeah, Next You year. thought you were the five-star. No, we're horses for all. Next thing you know, Oprah's giving the horses to everybody. guess the school. You get is a it, horse. Is it, is it Wyoming. Wyoming. Boise State? Wyoming? <laughs> I'm looking for a whore, Broncos in their name. No, I'm not accusing exactly. Wyoming no, no, of doing anything no. here. We gotta guess we're not saying we're just saying. <laughs> was it Bronco Nagurski? <laughs> uh, that's the horse's name. Bronco Nagurski. Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> that's him. If I had a horse, Bronco. I'd have to name him now. Oh, would right. you get a horse? What would you name it? Now, now I'm thinking Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> Bronco. I don't strike you as a horse that's guy. No. You, that's you're not getting me on a horse. You're not getting me on a roller coaster. Really anything. We rode horses at the last Arizona Super Bowl, Mike. Yeah. These guys went out. Our I did set. not do was like the Old West, TJ. Uh-huh. You remember this. I remember it, yeah. And they brought in horses one day. Me and Rich. I think Melissa Stark got on yeah, a horse. Yeah, you guys all got on we that. We were yeah, riding yeah. horses around. It's touch and go. <laughs> all right. We, we had another coach <laughs> who joined Rich. Good transition. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if Jeff Saturday has at any point. He looks like a horse guy. He does. He's got, a, he's got a long, flowing mane yeah, himself yeah. there. Uh, he spoke with our guy, Rich Eisen, who's out in Colts. Pittsburgh, but he's, he's zooming all over the place. Uh, he talked with Jeff Saturday. Let's roll that. Joining me now here on Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Jeff Saturday. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Um, so you've got a big Monday night game. Obviously, every game's big. For you, uh, how how are you? I guess, for the lack of a better phrase, holding up. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Doing? I mean, obviously, losing sucks. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not accustomed to uh, to losing games, and so that that part has been hard. Um, but from a from a growth and uh, perspective from the team, I've been very proud of how these guys have worked. And you know, when we when I got here, and just the things that I you know I made a priority and tried to push with these guys, they've really met the challenge. And and again. Listen, you're coming in eight weeks in, um, nine weeks in, whatever it is. And, you know, I have half the offensive staff that, that was here, uh, before and the three basic 
you know, major portions of the, the offensive passing scheme, uh, are gone and asking the other coaches to kind of step in and do that. It has been, um, it has been all hands on deck offensively asking guys to do things they had never done. You know, you have Parks who had never called plays. He's calling and then just the different roles and responsibilities. I don't think people understand how much you're asking of guys to do another coach's job. And, and when you, they haven't been doing it and try to get accustomed to doing it. And then throwing everything else in the mix, it's definitely had its challenges. But uh, but you know, at the end of it, everybody has has you know, no one's complained, no one's made excuses. Everybody's stepped in and, and done their part. Unfortunately, we haven't closed out games. Uh, we've given ourselves opportunities, just haven't found a way to to close them out. Yeah, you almost handed Philadelphia a second consecutive loss. You're down just twenty one nineteen in the fourth quarter in Dallas. Obviously, up thirty three nothing against the Minnesota Vikings how uh for for a lack of a better question I'll just come through the front door you know I've known you for a very long time yeah. knowing the way that these things have all worked out would you have taken the job if if you had known all <laughs> of all of what was about to ensue Jeff yeah not used to this sort of stuff you know no but but, but listen you, you know it's it's funny the way that the world perceives it and the way that that the the reality of it are two totally different things right I, I understand I've been in I've been in locker rooms for a long time I've been around the game for a long time and um you know there, there are things that that we have done to ourselves that are self-inflicted wounds and we keep making those those mistakes and listen that started long before I got here I would have never gotten here to begin with right so I didn't think that they would instantly change change um, because someone else comes in you know there's a lot of habits and there's a lot of culture that needs to be um, that framed up in a way that I would do it a little differently but uh, listen I make no excuses about it you know in Philadelphia again we, we make errors late in the game uh, don't don't complete a drive miss a field goal and and give them an opportunity to stay in it no different than in in Minnesota and as bad as they played in the first half and gave us an opportunity to score 33 we should have scored 50 and we didn't right like we we didn't we, we you know we kick a lot of field goals instead of converting in the red zone that our offense didn't change in Minnesota what we have been doing um we've, we've had the same issues since I've been here and you have to find ways to make play so we fast forward to the second half we make all the errors in the second half they made in the first half and they take advantage of it Ultimately, it gets down to uh, a point where, you know, we have to make plays and we don't make plays offensively and give up explosive plays defensively. And like I told the guys, we earned it, right? Like we, we did everything we could do to keep them in the game. Um, and so when I look at it, that doesn't deter me, it, it, you know, from a, from a, do I want to do this or do I like what I'm doing or am I, do I feel fully capable of doing it? I'm not deterred at all. I, I understand. I've been in, listen, I've been in games when I had, uh, we lost 41 nothing. In, in a playoff game, I got five Hall of Famers on that team, right? I've I've lost to I've lost some really tough games that you live on for seven months, right? Until the season starts again, I know what a painful loss feels like, and this is pain. But like I told the guys, the great part about this is we get to go play next Monday and, and get rid of this, right? And the, the the way the NFL works is you have another opportunity to go out there, um, and and so don't miss that. But disappointed, not dissuaded, and and, and you know as far as like changing my mind. Absolutely not. Jeff Saturday, Colts coach here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show, as well as Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football. So let's get to the here and now. Why Nick Foles? Why why go turn to him now? 
Jeff. Yeah, it, listen, we, we were not making enough plays offensively. And, you, you know, you're I, I've told everybody this. This is not just a Matt Ryan issue. Um, but but again, we have to find a way to make those plays. And whether that's, you know, pushing the ball down the field more because you're having safeties play at seven and eight yards and it, it affects the way you can run it. Um, you know, we've done we've done a good job of establishing the run, being able to do that. But you and I both know without explosive plays in the NFL, you're not beating many teams. It's hard to have sustained drives, you know, drive after drive, um, and, and a defense just playing bend but don't break, knowing that at some point you're going to make a mistake, right? Whether And that, that's just the way that the NFL goes. And so um, just, just you know, I, I told Nick, you know, he comes in, give us give us something, right, down the field or give us a spark uh, and, and, and finding a way to get these guys motivated to make those type of plays. I felt like Nick had done a good job in this is as I'm watching him get the scout team uh, made some really good throws down the field. And so we had that conversation and, and that's why I made the move. Okay. So uh, how tough was that conversation with Matt Ryan? You, oh, it's tough. Be, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Rich, you know how I feel like and you and I have known each other for a long time. I, I love this game. Matt Ryan is a fantastic football player. And, and unfortunately this season has not gone any way that he would have wanted it to go. And this was even well before I got here and it's documented, you know what happened. And they, you know, they, when they, when they benched him and did those things, um, but Matt works his tail off and, and he shows up every day and does exactly what he's asked to do. He leads like a, like a, like, like a true pro, even since he and I had that discussion um, it's been, but he was, he was such a pro. I, I sat down and I told him exactly why. And, and he was like, coach, I get it. I'm with you. I understand. And, and as much as you don't like it as a player, um, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do to help this team win. And so you you give me my role and I'm going to play it. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for it. And, and listen, he's been great for Nick and Sam, even this week, about encouraging those guys. And so I'm grateful to him. Those conversations are never easy because you feel for him as a player and, and you feel for him uh, as a man, right? Because it's not just the football. And I would love to say that it's just that, but you and I both know there's so much more to it from the outside, the way people talk about you and, you know, demean what you've done all the day. They're always going to take shots. And I told him, I was like, man, you got, you know, your, your head held high. You've had an incredible career that many would dream to have. And uh, I just hate that, 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 uh, that this is happening to him right now. All right. In the couple minutes I have left with you, Jeff Saturday, who's your inner circle? Who have you been leaning on? over the last several weeks as you've you know, undertaken it, this endeavor. You know yeah. what? It's 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 funny, Rich. I won't get into all the names, but I will say this. Yeah. I have had more people reach out to me, former head coaches, head coaches, active head coaches, um, and have been it's been so refreshing, you know, because I, you know, all I heard was every coach is gonna hate you, right? I mean, you know, when you come in, everybody's gonna, you know, sling mud, nobody's gonna respect all I'm telling you. You know, whatever. But I've had a I've had an enormous amount of people call me and tell me, uh, you know, Saturday, you keep I see a difference. Right. I, I'm watching the tape. I see you're doing what needs to be done. Nothing is fast in the NFL. Understand. I've had more guys call me and go. I was three and 13 in my first year. I won one game. I was one and eight my first season. Right. I had one who's active now is like they were trying to fire me a month ago. And now and now everybody in my city loves me. You know what I mean? So right. I have really appreciated how many people have reached out. 
to me uh, and just said, Sat, man, like this is this is part of it and this is part of the process. And it has nothing to do with your, quote, experience or inexperience. This is this is what the NFL is going to look like and and just be prepared. But 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 do not be uh, deterred for anything that's being said, because it's all you know, we, we get it each and every week. So I've been grateful for that. Well, I'm sure Peyton is one of them, right? Peyton or Dungey <laughs> or called you up, text you or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, not, not, no, it's you know these are like these are these are these are the former former head coaches that I'm oh, that I'm referring okay. to. Yeah, okay. a ton of players, obviously, but that that's always been a good circle. But the uh, the the coaches themselves have been. It's been a really nice uh, addition to my to my uh, to my group of friends. All right, last one for you. So, do you want the gig full time? You want it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I said it a few weeks ago, and um, I feel. I mean, obviously, there's you know, you want to be armed with a with a you know with the ability to to do things your way, and yeah. you can't do that midway through a season. But absolutely, I, I I love my opportunity. I love what I'm getting a chance to do, and learning, growing, and uh, having fun doing it. Just got to get more wins than losses because that that's the that's that's the that's that's the bear of this thing. Those those losses weigh a lot heavier as a coach than they did a player. I can assure you. I bet so. Jeff Saturday, thanks so much. Have a have a Merry Christmas with you and your family. And let's keep in touch, brother. Thanks Happy holidays, my friend. Be well. You got that's Jeff Saturday, Colts head coach prior to Monday night football against the Chargers. I remember the last time I was hosting this show was right after Jeff Saturday had been hired as the interim coach. <laughs> and you want to talk about the roller coaster since then, right. getting the initial win over the Raiders, then having a couple games get away from them, having that 33-point second half allowed against the Cowboys, then obviously what happened to them in Minnesota. We talked about this yesterday. I, I didn't – watching the game on field level, Matt Ryan was way down the list of things that I was watching there. Like I, I understand you're trying to do something else. You're just trying to find a way. There's some contractual things here too because Matt Ryan has injury guarantees. If he gets hurt, that puts you in a more precarious position if you're going to move on from him. It's just, you can tell that he's trying anything right now. And when you don't have a, a foundation and a background in being in coaching, it's that much more difficult to, to navigate all these things. So we appreciate Jeff coming on the show, uh, trying to explain what's going on uh, to Rich there. Rich in Pittsburgh, going to call that game Steelers and Raiders tomorrow night on NFL Network. We got a full slate of action, though, here, boys. Yes. Saturday. Yes. It's Saturday NFL football. All day. Uh, coming up after this, we got some sneaky good games, right, Brockman? Get into a few of those, as well as I didn't even get to my grievances because Brockman went so nuts on oh, the fire everybody in the room. I got a few my bad. that I want to get to coming up right after this. It is Tom Pelissero in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O. O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, sponsored by AutoZone. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Thank you, TJ. Yeah, buddy. Uh, You guys aired some of your your grievances here on Festivus uh, earlier in the show. Brockman went on for so long about firing everyone (laughs) ever associated with the Patriots. We didn't didn't get to mine. I've had a few that I've been sitting on here just throughout the course of the season in terms of just things that you see regularly within NFL games. And every time I see it, it, it just, it drives me nuts. Let's start with congratulating the kicker who just missed the kick. (laughs) <laughs> I, I understand, okay, it's a, it's a different type of position. Okay. But imagine if every time last night that Zach Wilson, right, throws the ball up into double coverage and it gets batted down, if every one of his offensive linemen came up to him, hey, you know, like little head taps, okay, good job, good job, high you, fives. I know what happens in the NBA, right? I get free it, throws. I miss free throw, right. also silly in my mind. Yeah. But, like, this is your job. We're all judged based upon how well, how well do you do your job. Kicker misses a kick, and, and I know that you know Justin Tucker or somebody's going to reach out here and, and have a comment about this, but just, we don't need to congratulate. Just, you know, whatever, slap him on the butt, but like the whole, the, you know, you know the, like the helmet tap thing, like, all right, we're going to, everybody, yeah, good job, good job, good job. Well, what are we doing? What, do we need to do that every single time? Trying to keep them up, Tom. It's just, there's how many plays? How many plays is a kicker involved in in a game? About 10 to 15, yeah. depending what type of game it is, extra points, field goals, kickoffs, kickoffs all right? yeah. If you took that same percentage, and then now it's every single time beating coverage, hey, every single time the whole game. They're called it just, for holding. It just, it, yeah. yeah, right. Called for holding. Hey, good job. Good job. Man. Good job. We'll get him next time. Yep. Way to go. Way to go. Missed the block. I just got blown up. Hey, good job, man. Let's and the go. kicker on, initiates man. it, too. That's the other thing. It's not like it's a conciliatory thing. Right. It's that you see the kicker. We'll like come up like, hey guys, all right, yep, my bad, my bad, missed that kick. All right, we're not going to the playoffs anymore. Good job. <laughs> Every single time. All right, so that, that that's one of my grievances. <laughs> I, I also got this one for you. What you got? The mascots who celebrate like they're actually on the team. Yes. Oh, 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 you want to be the Jaguars mascot and the speedo dance around? I'm good. I'm good with that. That's ripped. The Jacked. weird, you know, the the weird Chiefs mascot who's always doing his thing. Like I'm, I'm cool with all that. What I mean is, player gets in the end zone. He works 365 days a year to find his way into the end zone. You're lifting those weights. You're putting in the time. You're in every meeting. 
it's a it's a haul, right? Through an NFL season, practice, preparation, travel, and all you're trying to do is get in the end zone. You do it. A couple of your teammates come over. It's a big moment. And then who joins in? <laughs> the guy in the mask. Casey like, jumping in the pile and hugging him. Give me a high five. No, I will not give you a high five. You had nothing to do with this. Why are you on the field? It's fine if you're beyond the end line, right? If you're out of it, you're going back, whatever. Fine. On the field. Just stay away. You, you didn't put in any of the time. All right? You're, I understand it might be hot in the suit. Okay, you, you had to go to a work. bunch of you had to go to a bunch of community events and dance around. Yeah, you had to kiss babies and take pictures. You you put in work, right? All right, so at those events, go up and high five the players. <laughs> Didn't I do great? I made all these kids excited today. Celebrate that. You don't need to be celebrating with the players on the field. I, my Just, only- my pushback on that, Tom, is the, the mascot is kind of like the embodiment of the fan, right? So all 50,000 in, in attendance can't jump into the pile, but that mascot represents all of them. So maybe that's just the mascot's way of bringing the fan into the huddle and the pile and the no, celebration. No, I think it's mascots no. thinking they're better than everybody. No. Oh, they go, go wherever they want. They do. Well, they can, though. That's they, a, don't need, yeah. they don't need, a, unlike everybody else, they don't need a little no, you know, They don't need no stinking be badges. Because they don't have belts. They badges? Have to we don't need no stinking yeah. badges. They just roll out there and they're like, oh, yeah. No, that guy in the that guy in the donkey costume. Yeah, he belongs out there. But it's everywhere. It's college football too. It's it's every sport. You've never seen a player deny a mascot a high five though. They they're into occasionally. it occasionally. There's definitely some where it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like it's kind of like, quick, like no, no, I don't I don't need you. I don't need you in the pile. I don't know. If Jackson Deville comes over and tries a high five T Law, I think he's got to high five him. I mean, he's wearing a speedo. I wouldn't mess with that guy either. <laughs> Look at that. That. That is up there. I love that he's wearing slides, too. <laughs> this is my freshman year dorm where you had the community bathroom. That's every guy going to get in the shower right there with the slides. Yep. And just their underwear. Roll it in. All right, I got one more. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. One more for, uh, it's my daughter's birthday. Hey. Uh, Finley. Hey. Gonna be, it's her birthday on, not today. Monday, but close enough. Oh, okay. Had her birthday party recently. I actually went after that ridiculous Vikings-Colts game last weekend. Like I was the guy birthday. in charge of picking up the pizzas for the party. Oh. It was a four-hour game. So I rolled in full suit to Domino's, grabbed the pizzas, showed up to the party at like the indoor play place. Delivered. Dad took care of it. Perfect. So the next, or was it, no, it was the next day, right? So Sunday. I'm at home because I had a Saturday game, so I'm, I'm watching the games, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, my daughters love it. Tegan's eight. Finley's almost six. And, like, they'll, I shouldn't say they love it. They tolerate it. The fact that dad is so involved with watching the games. Like, I get a few of those. Finley, last weekend, too, was just like, what? All you ever do is sit downstairs and work. Like, well, it, the games are on. What do you want me to do? But so she was like, like whenever they were like, do, they have a project. Your bedroom? <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever they, they decide like they're going to do something with me, I just, I've kind of, I just go along now, right? A few weeks ago, they painted my face oh. repeatedly. Like they'd paint like a whole, it's like, you're Santa now, daddy. And I look at it, it's like a horror movie, just red <laughs> streaks everywhere. So this past weekend, Finley comes down, she's being very sweet. And she goes, daddy, I'm going to do your hair. And I see, and she's got like two brushes and she's got like a couple of squirt bottles, you know, like you're going to the salon. So I'm like, okay. So I lay down. So I lay down on the sofa. I'm watching the games, right? And I can, you know, feel like she's just spraying way too much stuff. I'm like, okay, just take it easy. I don't know, it's like detangler spray or something, but like I can just smell it. There's so much in there. <laughs> too much product. She's combing. And then all of a sudden I just hear, oh. and I go, 
Philly, did you just cut my hair? She goes, no. I'm like, I heard you did. And she's holding the scissors, and there's just hair oh. in, the, in the teeth of the scissors. I'm like, you just cut my hair. And then she just starts bawling, runs away. And you felt now terrible. Now i got to figure out, because I'm laying down, I go, where did she where cut it from? Cut? Luckily, she had the good sense to cut it from the back. Well done. It was somewhere up in this general region. I don't know if you can see a spot in there at all. It's well covered. But I'm just like, I'm literally on TV for a living. I can't, like, have... This, this is the moneymaker, Finley. ...the front of it out. So just for Finley, I, I told her, I'm just like, honey, it's it's okay. She's like, I cut zero, zero hair. So I'm like, okay, you did. But, like, I'll just don't buy it. But just, we can do whatever. You can't cut your hair or my hair yeah. or anyone else's hair. One rule in this house moving forward. So I do I do have a grievance with Finley, but she turns six soon. I'm sure it's all going to turn around. That's Happy birthday. Tremendous. <laughs> That's my list. Brockman, do we got some, uh, some sneaky good games here before sneaky we go? Sneaky good games. Let's go. Here's Chris Brockman with sneaky good games. Contests likely to surprise you with their heretofore undisclosed competitive value. Mike, we're struggling. <laughs> oh, you doing bad? I'm in a slide. You know, I'm, I'm, like the Miami, I'm like the Miami Dolphins. I started out the season so hot. He's on fire. Everyone man. thought I was in the MVP race. Sure. Salty Brockman? And the last three weeks, <laughs> we're one in three the last three weeks. Oof. It's not good. Let's go pick it up. Brockman's in the We're still good overall. Like We're still a playoff team like the Dolphins. We're uh-huh. still, still 29-23-2 in the year. Okay, coming into this week, we're, we're, betting, we're betting against the, the, the winter storm, the Arctic vortex. What's it uh, called? A bomb cyclone. The bomb cyclone? That's what they call them, baggies. Give me the Don't Browns, minus three. Saints are bad. Okay? Nick Chubb's back. Mm. They're going to get... Uh, the Browns, I have confidence in two offensive touchdowns this <laughs> week. We saw one last week. We're going two this week, and that's probably all they really need to beat the Saints. And then I'm going the unders in these games. Look, it's going to be terrible in New England. It's going to be 18 degrees, windy. Patriots stink. I fired everyone, so they have no coaches. They have no players left. Can't even get a hot dog. Cincinnati literally might win this game 38-3, to but if that's the case, that's still under 41.5. KC, same deal. 10 degrees, freezing-ass cold. Seven touchdowns in this game? Seems unlikely, Tom. That. I don't know about that one, Brock. And yeah. I'll tell you what. You know what I'm not doing, TJ? What's I have that? one rule. What's your rule, brother? When an all-time legendary player passes away the week that he's about to be honored for mm-hmm. one of the most greatest iconic plays, the greatest and iconic play in NFL history, yeah. I take the team that he made the play for. Makes Steelers sense to me. Steelers minus two. There is no way the Steelers are losing this game to the Raiders. Zero point zero. Zero point Zero. Lay it all on the Steelers Saturday night. If not for Franco Harris's passing, which way would you have leaned on this game? I wouldn't have taken it whatsoever. You just would have completely. Look, talent wise, the Raiders have more talent. But there's going to be other things at work here on Saturday night. Yeah. So I'm taking the Steelers. Betting the under on any Chiefs game, I feel like it's a bold move, too. This is not a a really great Seahawks defense that's going in there. And the Chiefs have have confidence in the Seahawks to really get it going. They're going to have to throw the ball. Ken Walker's probably not playing. I mean, that's the biggest factor is no Lockett. We'll see on Walker. He's listed as questionable. He's been dealing with that ankle thing. Pete Carroll said he thinks he's going to play. How much he plays remains to be seen. (laughs) Pete's Pete's one of the good ones. He's very positive. In terms of he is is a very positive individual. But usually he's relatively straightforward on injuries, which we appreciate. Of course. When you list someone as questionable, but you go, yeah, he's probably playing. 
I, I like that. <laughs> I'd, I'd much prefer that than just the, we'll see. Not going to talk about it. it. It actually is. It actually is greatly appreciated. We there. need a winning week, Mike. That's all I'm asking for. You know, we got to end the slide. That yeah. Brown, that Brown Saints game too. I mean, two teams that are in it, right? The Browns are six and eight. They've still got a path right. forward to potentially make the playoffs. They need a lot of help. And then the Saints, who again, it's it's a bad division. But if you're just stacking up the rosters right now. You'd say the Saints should have a chance, right? Marshawn Lattimore hasn't played since he, he tore up his kidney. You've got Cam Jordan. He's been back. Yep. They're obviously, they've been shorthanded on wide receivers the entire season because no Michael Thomas. And then the quarterback thing has been weird. But, like, they can roll out Taysom Hill. They can challenge you with some things that they do. The Browns' defense has not been very good. They've played better of late, but they've not been very good over the course of the season here. That can be one of those... Again, I'm not giving you betting advice here, Brockman, but this could be one of those games where there's more points scored than you think. Ooh. Even in those conditions, even with it being cold, Nick Chubb is fine. It sounds like I don't even know if his, his workload's going to be going to be limited here. So expect him to go despite the foot injury. It's a Browns offense that they have gotten incrementally better. Are they going to take a huge leap in this weather? Probably not, you'd say, but Deshaun Watson has shown improvement since he returned into the lineup game over game here and maybe this is a week we're having the running quarterback to just kind of make things happen on his own maybe it's heavy run maybe, maybe it's so. the combination of chubb and designed runs for deshaun watson the saints ain't doing that with andy dalton they might do it with Taysom hill maybe. so again this is one of those weird games because you don't entirely know what the weather do just like i didn't know until about 15 minutes ago that my flight was canceled. <laughs> On a new one. We're going to hustle straight off of this. Hey, happy we New Year, everybody. everybody. Happy, happy New Year. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, Roku. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you Thank with me on the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks to everybody who joined as well.